I think it's only fair. I, I think that we need to have an existential crisis at the beginning of every podcast. <laughs> just just I to mean, make sure we're all on the same page. Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, listen, like, you're overseas, I'm under a rock, but we can all agree we're not okay. And Charday's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely not okay. <laughs> She's under a little literal rock, right? That's what happens, like, if you're technically underground, uh... Right. Yeah, I think so. A basement I, I counts know. as a rock, lived, right? I've, I've never lived underground. I wouldn't know. All right, all right. Help me out. Help the stupid Yankee. Basements are they a thing in any of the countries that you lived in? Um, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Okay. What about the one where you live in now? No. No. Okay. They don't exist in the UK, as far as I'm aware. That, okay, I, that's what I was pretty sure of. Uh, I know they have roof rooms, they have some attics, but <laughs> but basement's not really a thing. It's the same thing when I talk to my friends from the West Coast. They don't have basements over there, too, because of Argon. Uh, you know, d- dangerous gases stop them from having a cool like pool table in their basement, and it's just sad. Uh, I mean, my job has a basement, that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, my life is a basement. I don't need any more subterranean living in my life. Uh, well, for the uninitiated, hello and welcome to Right in the Field, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and weaponizes it for clicks. But we won't be doing that today. I'm your faithful host, Terry Smith, and with me normally is Chelsea, but she's off for crimes against, not humanity, a different alien race, and when she escapes from the Phantom Zone, she will return to the podcast. But for now, she's on what we'll call permanent hiatus. So with me today, I have one half of the feminist fact checkers, one half of the slovenly trolls with me is Lissa. How you doing, Lissa? I am good. I have tea. <laughs> tea exists. Is this just tea because I berated you about not having caffeine with you right now? Yeah, it's also the fact that you don't believe whatever, I can't remember the brand of tea, <laughs> that you think that that doesn't exist, that it, it literally does. Listen, listen, I'm American, so if I haven't heard of it, there's no way it's true. And I believe the tea was Twining's tea. But you can get it in the U.S. I'm pretty sure I have Twining's tea in my cupboard, and I did when I was yelling at you as well. But again, at the American, I just double down on things, and then that becomes my reality. That explains so much of world history. It, right, right. And uh, especially, like, we have the bomb, so eventually we just make that the world's reality, <laughs> I believe, is is the sentimentality and the, the mindset of the American government. So just deal with that, please. Um, and you live in the UK. Listen, we learned it from you, Dad, okay? this is That's on you. Yep. <laughs> that is true, you weren't born there so I, I don't think this could be your problem but it is now uh and that's on having international co-workers i mean a lot of things while i'm here a lot of things are now my problem <laughs> <laughs> when i approached you and i was like hey i think we should make this official let's go into business together and you were like okay okay i like the business aspect but you are the thing you need to sell me on. That's how I knew we were going to get along. I, that's that's how I knew. I was like, you know what? Lissa can be in this for real because she knows that I'm the issue. Good. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> Probably on the only thing. Speaking of being on different pages, 
normally what we do on this show is we talk about old things that have come back into the zeitgeist and uh, we review stuff and kind of compare it to older things, you know, weaponizing people's nostalgia for clicks. That's why it's in our catchphrase. But today I wanted to do something special because we have somebody who's so world traveled, who's so travel savvy and has seen the world once over around the world in probably more than 80 days because flight is expensive. I want to hear about what you're nostalgic for. Uh, did you have Saturday morning cartoons? Are you hunting down for those chips that you had when you were eight? What are the things that really hit your nostalgia button? And man, does that sound dirty? And I feel like I need to find a different phrase. Perfect. My nostalgia button. <laughs> Don't uh-huh. repeat it after I say it sounds bad. No, I just have to emphasize the fact that you said it and had that. <laughs> this is just like... That was, the, that was the agreement here, right? This is just like when we record our secret project and you just point out that I, I'm doing my best, but I'm failing it. <laughs> you're like, you can't be an ally because you're bad at it, but I can see that you're trying is basically every every other paragraph. I mean, I gotta point out the obvious. Right? I think it's fair as as the, as the only guy on the show. I think it's completely fair that you you pointed out, and I need it for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, what else is having an old white man coworker good for than just to point out my flaws? I'm fact checking, Terry. I'm the fact checker. <laughs> it's in the name, right? It's in the name. Feminist fact checkers. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Also, too, just as uh, some clarification, I mentioned from the Slavenly Trolls, if you don't know, that's our sister podcast. They do all sorts of awesome D&D research and deep dives. That's why they're only once a month, because they're working for the other 29 days of it, trying to get all of the deep dive information. So if you like any of this conversation go check out that podcast you'll hear their ad break in the middle of this and i'm sure you've been hearing it for weeks so you're probably annoyed that i'm talking about it now i'm going to be quiet and let lissa talk okay uh where do i begin with nostalgia (laughs) what's the first thing Um, you remember watching the first thing yeah Apparently, I was very big into Power Rangers before I could even understand what they were doing. Can we? Can, did we just become best friends? Because that's literally what I was going to say. My first thing I remember watching was Power Rangers. Yeah. We're so, not so different, you and I. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Apparently, so this is according to my parents. Um. Yeah. Apparently, I I would come home and and um, religiously watch power rangers for some reason from tv what do you mean and, for you know, some like, reason because of the awesome metal soundtrack because of the yeah. sweet you know sentai violence yeah teen drama and, yeah i mean yeah teen drama yeah i so i don't i don't remember a lot of what happened i just remember the feeling that i got from watching it which was so i'm very big into action movies in general so I think that maybe that's something that um, stuck with me from starting with, I guess, Power Rangers? Mark? <laughs> no, I think that's completely fair. There's like a whole generation of kids like right around our age. We're, if, if you don't know, we're close to our 30s where um, everybody on the entire network is in between like 28 and 35. So like, <laughs> that's, if, you, if we sound like ancient millennials, it's because we are. Um, but all of us are right around there, and I think we all have this penchant for action and, 
like uh presumably cheesy action i think is safe to say right like i, I want to see so, the yeah. punches 15 times i want to see sparks flying and i think that's yeah. partly why we see a lot of resurgence in like 80s action movies nowadays is because we grew up seeing those but also seeing like the 90s version of it which was just let's ham mm-hmm. it up to a thousand put chuck norris and mm-hmm. stuff yeah so Power Rangers, that's really an interesting start. Wasn't expecting that. Wasn't expecting that. I was expecting some sort of uh, tea and biscuits, biscuits thing, even though, you know, you weren't born in the UK. <laughs> tell me, tell me about um, Finnish kids. Like, what are you, what are you watching? What, is, what are your Saturday morning cartoons? Did Saturdays even matter to you in the same way? So because I grew up not in Finland, I didn't really watch. You didn't grow okay, up? Didn't... Where was your early childhood? It wasn't Finland? It was in Asia. I thought you went there later. I'm sorry. I was gonna, That was going to be I mean... half the twist later on. So I left I left uh, Finland when I was three and came back when I was 19. Oh, shit. Okay. So... <laughs> so a lot of my childhood was in Asia, and I think that had a lot to do with um who i am as a person very i don't know to where i very like i like culture i like languages i like asian food specifically of course um and i have a lot of asian friends but that's not besides the point kind of but (laughs) so for 16 years where was the nostalgia at like what do you where did you start what country were you in when you were when you remember watching power rangers i was i started in singapore with that so singapore is is kind it is very multicultural so it was like a good starting off point for somebody who's moving out of anywhere really because you have you have the chinese culture you have the Indian culture, um, you have the Malaysian Thai-ish culture, and it's just this like big mix melting pot of different cultures, and it's an amazing country, um, and it's very warm, which is great. <laughs> okay. And but the thing is, because they have so much money, you can also get, you know, foreign TV channels there oh i got you so you weren't watching a dub of power rangers you were watching power rangers yeah i was watching the actual power rangers in english and i probably had like i've had cartoon network most of my life oh and various other various other children's channels that i nickelodeon at some point came into my life i remember but that wasn't there to begin with the cartoon network was in most places that i watched um tv and I don't remember where I watched Power Rangers from, but that's because that's that information came from my parents. So. <laughs> they, they, put on the, they put on the explosions and then left little Lissa to, so they could go do foreign affairs, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. uh, um, they had they had dealings, <laughs> they, they had business <laughs> to attend to, as all but of our parents are... did when we were watching Power Rangers in the nineties. But they are hypocrites, because then, okay, so they, they put me on Power Rangers, and they're like, okay, establish this obsession with anything cheesy, action, you know, goodness. And then <laughs> my mom becomes this gatekeeper of PG ratings on any film. 
So any action film, I don't know if you know this, Terry, they've got age restrictions. They do. They do. PG-13 is a big deal. And it's disappointing to hear that even though um, you were off in other countries with different rating boards, uh, that the PG mindset still stuck. So your, your tape rentals were probably really boring, right? So, so the PG restriction was a big deal for you. Um, obviously, was the rental game big in the '90s where you were? Yes, it was. Towards, um, well, I mean, okay, not the rental game per se, because okay, we're in Asia in the '90s, Terry. So we have what's called pirated DVD. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get the pirated in the '90s, though. You already pirated DVDs. We didn't get a lot of that DVD I'm, technology I'm sure until later they had on. For pirated. Us, but... I'm sure they had pirated stuff to begin with. Oh, um, yeah. Pirated tapes. Um, piracy is a big deal. However, I didn't want to paint any broad strokes, uh, but I do know that is an issue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in every country, honestly, but where you didn't have rentals being big in the 90s, I know uh, pirated tapes were a big, mm-hmm. big thing. But for PG, though, is is really the interesting part of that. Uh, if you don't know, PG-13 was created for some later films. PG was anywhere between G and R. There was no PG-13 for a very, very long time audience. Mm. So if you wanted to watch anything with like a punch in it, or God, God forbid someone said, damn it, um, it usually was still PG until you saw a boob or someone said, fuck, and then it was rated R. <laughs> uh so you're probably okay for a little while until that pg-13 tag came in what was the one movie that you were like i need to watch this i need this in my life but you couldn't because it was pg-13 so i had an incident well, <laughs> i call it an incident but uh it was just a day in my life okay uh, and my pro- my parents probably don't remember this at all no none know, of this mattered to them at all if you brought it up to your parents them, you're like me, you wouldn't let me like watch a... pg-13 movies they'd say well, go fuck yourself we have no idea what you're talking about you watch all sorts like of stuff or memory of course of course my childhood so i was around i can't remember what year uh planet of the apes came out Ooh, which one the, which one i think the, the remake so something in between the 90s and the 2000s the mark Wahlberg planet of the apes Probably. With Tim Burton? Probably that one. I I still have never seen that that movie. You can skip it. Day. It's okay. <laughs> it's, you don't need to see Mark Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Uh go to the Planet of Apes. However, you can see Paul Giamatti dressed up as an orangutan. Uh so if that is something wow. you want in your life, which you know, I, I feel like mm-hmm. people do need. So you know what? I, I'm going to change my answer. You do need to go rent the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Anyways, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I will work on that. But, yeah, get on that. Uh, so there was this one day in my life where my dad and I were talking, and my dad was like, do you want to watch a movie? And, of course, I said, yeah. Um, and he suggested that we watch the Planet of the Apes. So, you know, we set up the... Planet of the Apes, we go into our um, TV room, and the title thing, you know, the title titles keep... Uh, I believe rolling. the title thing is the um, technical term. Yes, the title thing <laughs> uh, starts rolling. Uh, not a few minutes later, my mother walks into the room, asks what we're watching, what the PG rating is, and turns it off... <laughs> Or rather, shoes me out of the room while my father continues to watch The Planet of the Apes, but I'm forced to leave the room because I'm not old enough. 
Oh, wow. So you just, all of these years, you've wondered what Marky Mark is doing on this planet full of apes. Yes. You never learned. And I still have no idea. What happened to Caesar, his chimpanzee, when he got lost in space? You, you'll never know. I'll never know. Yeah. Until I watch the movie, which, you know, 20 years later, I still haven't watched. Do do yourself a favor. Rent, rent the Marky Mark one on Prime and then watch the new Planet of the Apes trilogy because it's phenomenal. Uh, like Ooh. perfect films, I, honestly, and I'm not joking around here. Like they're they are some of the best. Matt Reeves directed the the second two. I can't remember who directed the first, but Matt Reeves directed the second two, and that's who just did the new Batman movie. Ah, okay. But those, honestly, I think those are way better than the, his Batman movie. Uh, they're they're just so solid. So, well, Marky Mark's <laughs> bad, um, and it sucks that you never saw it because, man, are you gonna be disappointed? <laughs> This is part of your core memory. I think it will live up to some of your Power Rangers hype. <laughs> not enough sparks, though. That's I don't. I don't I think ask, it'll. Really. Yeah, yeah. I, there's not the the kind of explosions, but uh. So if so, uh, two core memories here. We got Power Rangers. We got Planet of the Apes. How do we find ourselves now, having, like I said, lived in so many different countries? And while Cartoon Network was a mainstay, you eventually got Nickelodeon. How do you eventually transition to what you watch now, which I, I'm going to take a guess and say anime, um, but that's only because of some of our other conversations. What do you watch nowadays? Watch certain anime. I don't watch all anime. I'm not. Well, that's impossible. So I, had a, I know. It, it sounds weird, but if if I put it like this, all of my friends were obsessed with anime, and I'm the kind of girl that will try to if if somebody promotes it too much to me i will be more hesitant that's why you and Charday are best thing. friends it's the it's the pretension <laughs> for me okay Lisa. this yeah. makes a lot of sense now i just you know i've wondered i was like listen i've known char for a decade and you know you're educated and world travel and Charday is Charday. so i was like this doesn't really fit for me um and i'm gonna shit on her because she's not a podcast um it didn't really add up but now it's making a lot of sense okay okay so when people like something you're like there's no way this could be good yeah so i'm i'm more hesitant towards anime i do eventually watch so i have a couple friends that i would watch anime with especially um because i have i i gravitate to people who like asian culture and understand that you know the world doesn't revolve around their own country <laughs> i i mean it's growing for sure here in the west but it's still fewer and far between but yeah um yeah so i i have seen like attack on titan i have seen one punch man i have seen a bunch of different animes i mean you're listening some good ones big. here Pokemon was big um, before it came into the U.S. in Asia. Of course. Which was a whole thing that I was hyped about, and then nobody understood me back at home. Yeah, it eventually got there, right? Yeah, it did. About, like, a year, a year and a half later, which was weird, because by that point, I was kind of over it. And then my cousin was like, oh, you should buy me Pokemon cards and, (laughs) like, little figurines and bring all this shit over. And then I started, like, drawing Pokemon for him. So that's interesting. So I mean, so obviously it hit Asian markets before it hit the U.S. Then it hit the U.S. Hmm. and Finland was was late to the game on Pokemon. So I don't know if it was just Finland because I don't know when Pokemon hit the states. Um, but nineteen ninety five ish. 
yeah, Pokemon in the West, or rather the mainstream Pokemon that it became, was late compared to what I was used to. Or maybe it's just Finland. Maybe Finland's in a in a hole that yeah. We I mean, don't know it, I mean, it came pretty we're... soon after to America. Um, they they were not late to the Pokemon game. They they were pretty on it. But uh, it makes sense that some. <laughs> some of those it's so funny too that when you say the west because it is west but like it's i know but it's way way further west where i am it's like living in michigan michigan's a pretty big state um but a lot of our population centers are further south in the state and so mm. if you live further south you live near cities and stuff so people say going up north but it can mean you know thousands of miles basically so you say like i'm oh, going up north some people mean that as like one city you know north like you know maybe 25 30 minutes outside of a city and some people mean four hours five hours into a whole different peninsula of the state yeah. uh so it's just, it, uh, geography's re- relative right and so are directions yeah. but it's interesting to hear that you're like pokemon and they're like what the fuck is a pokemon because a lot of people still have that today yeah uh okay so anime you got you got some of that there um what are some of your weirder things because i think if you're listening to the show you probably like anime you've probably come across it what are the things that you're obsessed with that when you bring it up you're like you're so nostalgic for like i just want to watch an episode of x but people are like what the fuck is that because i have a few of them um one of my favorites i bring up is beetleborgs which was right on that Power Rangers craze. But if you weren't watching Fox Kids in 1997, 1998, you have no idea what the fuck a Beetleborg is. I do not know what a Beetleborg is. Yeah, see, that sounds right. That sounds right. You're wrong, but that sounds right. You oh, should I'm wrong, know. But yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, you're wrong. You should know what a Beetleborg is. It's your opinion. And I mean, honestly, it's a fact. You don't actually know what they are, but you should, you know? Mm hmm. It's like when you need to get your car repaired, and you don't know anything about car repairs, but your mechanic just looks at you like you uh, should. But you, th- you know that I, I'm due for my checkup. Right. So I'm due for my Beetleborg? <laughs> you're due for your Beetleborg checkup, I think. is uh, I might name the episode that. You're due for your Beetleborg checkup. <laughs> so Beetleborgs uh, was an adaptation of another Sentai property, like another tokusatsu show, just like how Power Rangers came from Super Sentai. It came from uh, another series called Metal Fighters, and um, there was like a spinoff kind of, there was a season called Metal, Metal Fighters uh, B-Fighters. And it was all about like Beatles. So their armor was Beatle themed. Um, they were cops in the Academy. So <laughs> that was that. But in America, Saban Entertainment, who had made Power Rangers, was like, let's make one that's targeted towards even smaller children. So they took one of the more adult oriented sentai shows just took the costumes from it basically in some footage and made a show targeted towards little children they weren't teenagers they were kids who got the powers of the beetleborgs from a ghost genie in a haunted house with the universal monsters uh dracula uh a werewolf and um uh, I think his name was Frankie, but he was, you know, Frankenstein. And the ghost uh, gave them the powers of their favorite comic book, which were the Beetleborgs. But he also brought up their bad guys. So the big bad Beetleborgs fought the bad guys from their comic, but they were also children. They also had superpowers. It really was a hodgepodge. And then they also added in the punches and kicks, like the blams and pows from the 1966 Batman. Every time they punched something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
This was a thing that existed. I promise I'm not making it up. You should watch it on YouTube, Beetleborgs. Um, and then the the second series, Beetleborgs Metallics. This was a real thing. Nothing to do with the conversation we're having, but I felt like you needed that knowledge in your life. Mm. Well, I think one sort of vague TV show that I watched as a kid that maybe people don't know about. It was this, um, I believe it's, a Czech animation um, from the Czech Republic. Okay. Um, I, I was I was going to ask, I was like, do you mean like from Czech or is it a company named Czech? <laughs> like when you mentioned like Viz Media to people who have only ever yeah. heard of like Toei or Bandai and stuff like that. And they're like, what the fuck is Viz? That's so why I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know Czech. Is that like Sunrise? Do they make Gundam? Yeah. So it's this uh, TV show about a mole. It's this animation about a mole. Okay. Um, and <laughs> the mole goes around doing various things. And it's sort of, I think there's a bit of um, like a theme of nature conservation or sort of environmentalism in it. I, I can't specifically remember what it was, but it's very cute. It was very much, because I think it was like created in the 1970s, I believe. Or okay. Was it uh, called it Kurtek, or how how do you pronounce yeah, that? Kurtek. Yeah, yeah, that means the mole, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. My Google is found it accurate. I'm going to put a link of this in the show notes. Um, <laughs> this is, wow, this is this is wild. Yeah, it definitely looks like that 70s animation. It reminds me of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle um, is the style. Yeah. Okay, Kurtek, okay. This was, this was big in Finland, and then... Apparently also in Germany, but nowhere else. But nowhere else. Okay. There's some festivals. I you can still get merch of Kurtek. It's not that small. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely not. It's not Bugs Bunny. You know, it's not <laughs> It's not Mickey Mouse. But but you're not the only one. People remember Kurtek. Uh, I'm not one of those people, nor is probably a lot of the audience. But yeah, the mole. Uh, also sometimes yeah. called the little mole uh, when translated. Yeah interesting yeah it i just i remember watching it and it was very calming and it was very cute and i liked the animation and it was just something you put on to watch and it was like when when i was a younger child i think okay so on the on the one hand i'm watching power rangers you know going kapow and action (laughs) and then on the other hand there's this (laughs) <laughs> that's an interesting Which juxtaposition like, mu- music and animation and very artsy and but that was a that was a lot of kids of the 90s like like i mentioned because a lot of kids that were born in the 90s their parents grew up in the 60s and 70s so mm. we had nostalgia for things that weren't going on that's why you know, like you know the looney tunes were still big obviously space jam came out but the looney tunes mm. were still a thing we still got the cartoons of yesteryear kind kind of nostalgia wave for us so it's not mm. surprising that you liked kurtek other than the fact that it's surprising that kurtek is a thing that we haven't heard of <laughs> um but it's not surprising that you had that juxtaposition of like oh live action power rangers and then these older cartoons because we did that here uh when it came to some of the other four kids wave you know batman the animated series you mentioned pokemon Mm. Uh, i know we've we've had conversations that you don't know and or give a fuck about digimon what about (laughs) spider-man the animated series or any of the other mainstay action 90s anime or uh uh, so, cartoons. So most of my 
most of my experience with older 90s animation comes from when I would come back to Finland, which was usually twice a year, and watch sort of mainstream TV. Okay. Um, because obviously I just watched Cartoon Network or something other ridiculous um, sure. in Asia. So I didn't really see those there because Cartoon Network has their own shows and own characters and yada, 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 yada. <laughs> it's a whole branding thing. Um but I would come back to Finland, and Finland in the 90s didn't have a lot of their own content, or it wasn't very, it wasn't very good content. <laughs> That's, you know, like call like they, a spade like a spade. Finland, like, it wasn't, it wasn't Finland, great. Yeah, That's fair. Finnish entertainment is questionable at best. Um, there are certain things that we like, certain things that we don't like, but the thing is, it's easy to buy old shows from different countries, a.k.a. Kurtek, <laughs> which came out in the 70s or something, and then you just, because you have the rights to show it, then you just replay that over and over again. Were dubs uh, a commonplace thing, or was it mostly in English or whatever the native language was, and you just learned to learn the language, because that was more I commonplace? I don't think Kurtek had much speech in it. Okay, okay. I don't remember it having, or I, I can't tell you what the voice of the mole sounded like. I I think it was mostly one of those um, music playing in the background mm -hmm. muted films. And then they would gesture and make, you know, like body movements. And you the characters, you, you could tell what they were feeling based on the animation that that was going on but i i don't remember distinctly if he had a voice and if i don't think he was talking what about that other shows really then the uh where yeah right a lot of those weren't i think of like the silent animation mickey mouse films uh but what about other shows other animations i know you mentioned you watched power rangers in english mm -hmm. was it for the mm -hmm. most most uh point wherever it came from it was just in the native language so in Finland, most children's shows get dubbed. Okay. Um, however, once you get to the adult side, you they usually stop dubbing them. Okay. Because we are a multilingual, we're a bilingual country right. to begin with. So we have Finnish as a major language, and then there's a small population that speaks Swedish as their mother tongue, like a Finnish Finnish, I I wanted to ask Swedish. about about the Swedish cuz cuz Swedish entertainment is very big and is getting much mm -hmm. bigger nowadays uh as well as Danish entertainment but I wanted to I was I was like is it offensive if I ask that like we're, we're a lot of things in Swedish like I've run into uh I have some friends from Sweden and it is the other way around sometimes they're like no nah, we don't we don't talk about um Finnish people here so I was curious if there was any sort of um derogatory thing if you felt bad when you had to watch things in swedish not not really i just i because i didn't grow up in finland i didn't learn swedish myself okay until i went back and then took one course in swedish and i still can't speak swedish so you know <laughs> what does that say about me i like languages except swedish right um, well I, I it's not like everyone there is a polyglot or anything like that but i do know that you know several languages was yeah. learning english super easy and super commonplace for kids around that time because of some of the imported uh television shows or is that just because of your household and being in singapore i think for me i went to school entirely in english um, okay so for me it was quite 
I, I wouldn't say easy, but it was quite easy. Okay. Um, you can so say it. You're better than us. It was yeah. easy. Learning I mean, multiple languages. And here I am. I'm trying to explain to my friends. I was like, un momento, por favor. Tengo un problema. Necesito tomar una siesta. Porque mi Ford Fiesta no es bueno. <laughs> They're like, you just be like, your your Ford's not good, man. It's cool. Like, is it the transmission? I'm like, yes, see, see. The thing with me learning English, though, is because I don't remember the struggle of learning English, therefore I gloss it over and I'll be like, yeah, it was totally easy. To be fair, English is a generally easy language. Our syntax is for dumb people, you know? Uh Yeah, but also also when you're a child and you learn it growing up, that's a whole different thing than going back and then having to deal with um, verb, adjective, you know? Right. Phrases and how you use that and conjunctions and I'm just inputting English literary. You've words been paid now. to write things as has most of the network, and we often talk about how it's dumb that we know where the commas are and nobody else finds it useful but us. Yeah, but it becomes intuitive. Right. Than... If you learn it at a younger age. Yeah. So I mean that's fair. That's fair. Um a lot of our content when it came from uh from foreign nations even if it was something that was english speaking we got different dubs so whether it was just like localization because it was a different dialect or they just used phrases that we wouldn't understand uh we get a mm-hmm. lot of canadian uh import and they would redub it here in america mm-hmm. which was so strange uh i remember the first time watching an anime that didn't have a dub and it had a sub i was like 13 i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> where's the english uh i grew up watching a lot of of chinese uh martial arts films that were imported and and a lot of yeah it's so good right and that's the power rangers thing we mentioned i'm like oh that hits home so hard uh but a lot of those didn't have dubs or subs um Mm -hmm. and if it was a dub it was the person who pirated the tape did a dub and it was like they speak some chinese but but really uh you know they're from a different place and so like you'd hear these weird accents on there i had one uh, it was uh, the man from the Golden Temple, I believe, and it was dubbed in French, but he knew some English, so it would be like mostly French translated from Chinese, and then he then you'd hear some English phrases like "Aha, I have you now." <laughs> <laughs> And it was a very strange experience, but I, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so we we hit some of the cartoons and the younger stuff. What was being 13 like trying to watch those? Because I remember being 12, 13, cusp, cusp of puberty. That's where I dove into the end as we called it. So Noggin, if you don't know, was a Nickelodeon spinoff, had a lot of their early PBS like content where it was like educational stuff for children. And that Mm. did not sell at all. So they rebranded a lot of the Noggin stuff at night and Nickelodeon as well as the end. And that's when they started their teen programming. Um, Mm -hmm. you got a lot of, uh, Canadian imports like Degrassi, Radio Free Roscoe, things like that, where it's like, oh, it's teen dramas, but there's still some comedy to it or really over the top. It was like Power Rangers without the aliens showing up. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of that for teens. And then some more PG-13 anime, DBZ, Gundam, Sailor Moon, things like that. Hi, I'm Charday, And I'm Lissa. And together we're... The, the Slovenly, Slovenly Trolls. Trolls. We're not your average d podcast. 
We do monthly deep dives on topics like D&D art, the early years of TSR hobbies, and rhetoric, all with cited sources. Think of it like a feminist critique of D&D. Or don't. We're not your moms. Or are we? Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Slovenly Trolls. Tune in on the first of every month for new episodes. See you there. And don't forget the number one rule of D&D. Don't, don't be a dick. Hi, my name is Terry Smith. You might know me as one of the hosts of Right in the Fields, or perhaps if you've heard some of the crossover content with the Slovenly Trolls. But I also write comic books for Can'tBeKilledCreations.com, and we have our first full-size comic book coming out called Growing Up. Getting older is exciting, moving on to bigger and better things, but what happens to the childish things left behind? Moving on is hard, but that's growing up. From neon-colored folders to action figures to trading cards, Growing Up shows the final moments of the doomed worlds our toys and childhood machinations inhabit before they are thrown away as we grow up. Available on Amazon and Comixology. So where were you at at 12 years old? What were you watching? Where was I at 12 years old? Um, Probably... Probably watching Buffy. Oh, perfect. Buffy's still a big thing. Yeah. Buffy, Charmed, um, anything. I had this big supernatural kind of witchy. As we all did in 1999, 2000. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're hitting hitting my nostalgia buttons. You're hitting me right in the feels. I'm like, oh, Buffy was so big. It sounds like it was a little bit later for you. You were probably watching the TNT reruns, as we like to call it here. Um, I don't know if you were watching it on TNT, but um, because it came on the TV, I can't remember what. To, uh, what so uh, channel when you were twelve was, years but... old, two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven, right around there. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember what channel it was. I just remember watching it. Um, <laughs> also, Baywatch reruns. Baywatch reruns were also, but it sounds like you were watching TNT because TNT and USA um those were our channels here they were like they were premium cable in quotations but they really weren't they were like crappy uh um stations that would have some original programming but would mostly um do syndication of some of the biggest shows that they could Mm -hmm. um and that's where you got like you'd get like a power hour in the morning of like buffy and charmed uh and but baywatch was another one they would play a shit ton of baywatch so there we are watching very, very busty and very ripped men uh, just run down a beach. And I'm like, I don't understand why this is good, but I'm into it. I mean, the plot was questionable at best. But, I uh... Listen, the plots, man, that guy was going to drown if they didn't run. What I didn't understand is why were they running in slow motion? He was drowning. Get out there. Get on that jet ski. It's the perfect male body, Terry. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but oh uh, man, David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff is still the perfect male prime. body. I'm not listen. I, I I wouldn't say it makes me question things because there's no question about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, Pamela Anderson. Hello. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, are you watching uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu? No, not yet. 
it's, watched it yet. It's a it's a good show. Um, there's a little bit of a mixed bag. However, I feel guilty, so I kind of stopped watching it because Pam Anderson has come out saying that like she does not want to relive any of this shit, and it's really traumatizing yeah, for her she... to be back on. From what I read, she didn't give the rights or the permission to make said TV show mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. life. So I'm I'm a bit iffy about going to watch something that she doesn't want to put out in the world. And they also so. changed some of the more problematic things because there was a lot of that vacation. There was some doping happening um, against her will. Like she was being drugged at a couple of portions and they make it seem like they were just all there for a good party. And that's not really mm. the case in a lot of uh, those aspects. So I don't like that they've yeah. taken those liberties. I know it's to make the general audience feel better about watching the actions that are happening in the show. And that's really commonplace for a biopic, but I'm just mm-hmm. uh, mixed feelings. However, uh, the portions that I did see were good. were entertaining. Uh, it's from the minds behind I, Tanya, which was a really good adaptation. Just to mm-hmm. get really weird and serious and critique <laughs> all of a sudden. Uh, just like our deep dive into Beetleborg. There are just some things that people need to know. Um, also, I've been reading throughout some of this conversation the history of Kurtek and how um, it was communism's answer to Mickey Mouse uh, at one point. It was like really, oh. really big. And there's been arguments over rights from the original animator and the studios that produced it, apparently. Okay. It's been an ongoing struggle with different copyright laws in different nations. So <laughs> if you want to be fascinated, go do a deep dive on Kurtek. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I have no idea. I don't speak Czech. So, no, um, but if he does, as, he, is it like a Pokemon? Does he say his perfect. name? <laughs> no, because he doesn't talk. Remember? That's right. Fuck. All right. There's no way to know. We're just gonna assume, like all Americans do, that I am not the problem and I'm doing everything right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so twelve thirty. You were watching reruns of very dramatic shows, so that makes me feel good. Anything specifically tw- uh, targeted towards teens, like Degrassi? Uh, what about the Nickelodeon lineup with like Jamie Spears, uh, Victorious, oh, um, and all of those? Zoe one. Zoe one hundred and one. Thank you. That's what I was struggling yeah, to find. Yeah, that, that's around the time that I got nickelodeon in my life oh um, perfect so you're right there with iCarly and drake and josh yeah so drake and josh iCarly, uh totally spies was on nickelodeon, <laughs> totally think? totally spies i think it was, i think it hit a bunch of different networks i remember watching it on cartoon network in their like second block when they they changed toonami to maguzi um ah, okay. and they had teen titans totally spies and a couple other shows uh, yeah. But it, it hit a bunch of, it was for kids programming for the dub. So you had it popping up on a lot of different networks. I watched it on WB mm. Kids as well. Mm-hmm. So it was our Fox family, I think at the time. Yeah. Some, some strange shit. We, I, I also, I often get crap from Chelsea about talking about Fox family and Fox kids. Did you watch Fox kids or Fox family? I don't know if we got Fox. I mean, you're okay. You 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 don't need it, especially yeah. nowadays. But it was well, a definitely not in Finland because we didn't have um, satellite. We just didn't have the satellite um, channels where I was. But uh, and I wouldn't be able to tell you what we had in my childhood and abroad because I cannot <laughs> remember unless it was Cartoon Network. I cannot remember what channels I watched. 
I remember having to have, I had a satellite um, that was set up similar to, actually, you found it a lot um, internationally. It was not, it wasn't like a direct TV um, satellite like you would find now. It's just like posted up and pointed at a direction. This was almost a gigantic one, like the size of a Buick in my front yard. Wow. And um, you would attach it to different satellites to get different stations. So you would have a turn dial and the thing would turn outside like you were trying to ch- uh, track an alien aircraft um and it would move and where you were targeting it that's how you got a different list of channels so i remember g5 it would head south and i could get disney yeah i I remember the satellites being very picky and then if you moved it a little bit you know you would lose the complete vision of you know the entire uh, channel. <laughs> people and would have would rabbit ears it, like, right play, yeah it, it was kind of like um i'm gonna make a skyrim reference even though i haven't played skyrim for more than a couple hours um where you're doing the lock picking thing and you move it ever <laughs> so slightly and then it's like wow it goes through and you're getting like ultra hk vision hdtv <laughs> something or other i'm sure they didn't have that um back in the 90s but you know no, and I didn't have I, – I, a lot of my friends had the trouble with the rabbit ears, but because I had this sweet satellite setup, because my, my father was a salesman for this satellite company for like two years, and he mm-hmm. would install them. And part of the deal, because he didn't get paid because he didn't make great business decisions, was he got the satellite in lieu of payment. <laughs> oh. And uh, you had to buy this upgraded like um, installation package to get the upgraded new channels every year. Um, but yeah. he didn't do that. So we had to get – so when we were talking about pirate tapes and i'm getting you know the golden temple with the french dub i also would go to that same pawn shop and buy the new installation satellite chip for this thing <laughs> so i could still get tv and eventually we stopped doing that and all i got was a strange test channel for buena vista television which is one of the parent companies of a lot of the disney properties Um, so Buena Vista is one of those weird higher conglomerates in the Disney corporation stuff. Mm. So I would get their test channel. So I would get weird blips of like Digimon, which they owned at that time, some power Mm. Rangers, a lot of weird Fox properties like that 70s show. Uh, I I saw all of that through this weird test channel. So Mm. I, I, while I didn't grow up overseas, uh, I had a strange viewing period of my life where I would just watch strange test stuff. And it would also show stuff before it aired on that test channel. So I would sometimes watch a new episode of a television show two, three weeks before it aired on actual prime time. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool, strange time for me. Um, it's no Kurtek, but it's a little, (laughs) it's a little bright spot for me. Although there was several hours where you would just get the testing um, page, you know, with the, the rainbow strip and it would beeping. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just leave it on there until something popped on. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's on being poor in Northern Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> That's great. It's great. You play a lot in the woods. Uh- <laughs> so so we hit up some of your teenage years what about movies wise that's what you're watching on tv what kind of films are you going to see mom's still policing that heavily like no pg-13 films until you're 13 or even once you were 13 she was like you cannot handle the violence someone said shit in that film i mean as far as she could she did (laughs) i I love my mother and this is not a read on her but she did heavily police what i watched um when she could um, so much so that I went to a birthday party uh, where we were supposed to go to the movie theater with uh, <laughs> oh my all my God. friends. 
and they went to watch the i've been told it's a shit movie but i i didn't care at that time i was very just pissed but we went to we were supposed to go watch the britney spears film crossroads, <gasps> crossroads? Mm-hmm. shit film how dare you crossroads I, man now that I got as is as far as the movie theater that is a seminal my film. mother turned up and said absolutely not i checked <laughs> the pg rating my god and you are now going to watch it so all my friends went at this birthday party and How i embarrassing. went home oh god do you think you're a better person for that having not seen a pg-13 film until you were 25 <laughs> i still haven't seen it so it just, <laughs> again it just made me stop never see it and i never went back i it, i mean it's i think i owned the dvd at some point i think somebody gave it to me but i still haven't watched it like sure sure well, I think you have weekend viewing my now. life is more of a, a statement <laughs> than the fact that I would go back and watch Do you it. bring it up at holidays? So you're like, you know, Mom, still never seen Planet of the Apes or Crossroads per not your really, wishes. Because, not really, because it, it's not really... Like, for me, it was, again, a core memory. But I'm sure if I brought it up to my mom, it would be an, another movie that she just didn't let me watch and to her it still makes sense that she wouldn't let me watch because you were underage and you know there's there's no conversations we had there you know she made the decision i reacted that way now it's a part of my personality Um, (laughs) now you're broken as a human being until you die i'm broken as a human being you know here we are that's completely fine so it sounds like you have weekend viewing right you got some homework you're gonna go watch planet of the apes and then you're gonna watch crossroads but the thing that really put me into action movies was specifically when most women say that they don't like Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. That was the first movie that I, as a teen, again, watched at a friend's house at a, a birthday party or a sleepover. I can't remember. Yeah, outside but of the watchful eye of your mother. <laughs> outside of the watchful eye of the mother. So it wasn't like the parents told them that we'd be watching it was me and my friends decided to watch lara croft tomb raider um the first you know, one Angelina Jolie. or temple of yeah. light i can't remember if it was the temple one or the first one okay. it was one of them she raided some tombs but i i thought that was the most amazing shit that i've ever seen in my entire life I think that's fair for a little girl in 2001 who wasn't allowed to watch PG-13 films. I mean, yeah, Angelina Jolie wearing tight shorts, tight tank top with two guns, the ponytail that's longer than, you know, a car. Yeah, that's that's a good time. Yeah. Not understanding and thinking about representation and (laughs) the need for women to be beautiful, skinny, look like Angelina Jolie. None of that. Just the fact that... Not to mention the connotations of just stealing people's, you know, uh, history and culture and calling it, um, you know, anthropology. If you, again, if you gloss over all of that, all the problematic stuff, me as a child still, I would say... You gloss over the problematic stuff and you go, oh my God, that's an amazing movie. And then you have me. As oh. a lot of us did, right? Like, you're not the only one. I was there. I saw I saw Laura Croft Tomb Raider in theaters yeah. day one. Like, it was, a, it was a big deal at the time. Everyone was really excited because she's in a PlayStation game that I never mm. played. <laughs> did not have Tomb Raider. I had Frogger. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Frogger. 
So, so seeing her akimbo, two guns, and the ponytail, did that did that shape you in a way that you're like, okay, okay, this really cements it. This is what I'm into. Yeah, something fundamentally changed within me, and I was like, <laughs> this, this is the thing that I like. There's something, something a bit supernaturally about it. Um, female lead. Um, lots of action and then you go down the road and i'm watching stuff like underworld or oh uh, yeah right up your alley resident evil even even though i don't watch horror i didn't count that as horror because i was it's, like it's action it's not really horror it's 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 yeah. a b action movie it's not really resident evil either <laughs> you know like it's its own thing it's mila jovovich is really that's the genre it's mila jovovich yeah. Uh, yeah, so like those are those are solid. I'm right there with you. What do you think now with this second wave of like gritty reboots that we're getting? Um, people are trying to make more underworld films, and they tried to reboot that and didn't do very well. But with like you have like uh, Vikander making her Tomb Raider films as well as the game reboot. Uh, do you give a crap about them because it's the nostalgia for you? Are you like, no, I'm gonna be there even if they're not great? I mean, I'm. Again, I'm hesitant. I don't want to spoil my feelings and my memories of said thing. Okay. So I'm I'm more hesitant. To, I haven't seen Vikander in the new newer Lara Croft. Um. So I I like. I I will sometimes go back and watch the old films and laugh at how ridiculous they are but how i still love them um and i'm currently watching power rangers again which is amazing oh my um, god i we need we need to do another episode on power rangers then do you want to be on our next power rangers episode yes please because i i love power rangers i just got the power rangers rpg um and i'm getting ready to play a campaign with some friends as well as with my son um and oh my, my daughter because we were gonna take a break of the, from the my little pony rpg so uh <laughs> we lots to talk about mm. but that's that's really exciting so did you with uh, just as a quick aside on tomb raider it being such a big deal for you did you immediately try to hunt down the games i did but they were the nintendo games. yeah but it's all the same they were on playstation they're on nintendo they're on and they PC. were very difficult i remember there was some sort of a boss fight that i couldn't get past i think the um, word you're looking for is bad uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i Something remember having about... a hard time getting past a raptor at one point in those yeah, i can't remember if it was a raptor it was a mummy it was something that came from the middle of something and then it started chasing me around i just couldn't get past that point and then i gave up <laughs> like me in most games sure sure so so it sounds like that one definitely hits you though so you're, you're not willing to check i guess not willing is a strong word did you check out the reboot video game though uh tomb raider yeah so yeah i am currently playing it oh the, really first time yeah, through the, yeah i am slowly getting through it but me as a person who doesn't do first person shooters or any kinds of shooters in general, um, I am slowly working my way through <laughs> through the game. 
I mean, it's a, it's a good one. Um, I I think that the series gets better as it goes with the reboot. There was two sequels to that reboot, um, Tomb Raider. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's as good as some of its contemporaries. I I really like Uncharted as well as Uncharted Lost Legacy. I think that does a mm. better job in some cases than than some of those. As well as there's just other third person actiony games that have kind of done it better. However, when it comes to that female lead and like how gritty they are, they're violent as fuck. Um, yeah they are yeah you can't really compete with that but man did they just love showing you lara croft dying in the most violent ways possible yes um it it was it was scary a little bit the first time i played that i was playing it with my my new wife we had just gotten married right around when that came out and she wanted to check it out and we just watched lara croft fall off a cliff and normally it'd fade to black right no 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 you gotta hear every bone breaking as she falls down this mountain i was like oh i don't know if i'm ready for this yeah, I remember uh, playing Tomb Raider, I think, in the very early beginning. You're still... I don't remember if it, It's not part of the tutorial, but it is in the very early beginning, and she's running away. And there's a lot of um, consecutive... What do they call? Um, action... Quick action... Like QTEs? It's, it's that one where quick there's, time a, there's events. a timer. Yeah, quick time you events. You have to react. There's a timer. You have to press a button quickly. Yep, QTEs. Yeah. It... Oh my god, I think she got crushed by a boulder like <laughs> 30 times before I go- uh, googled the answer of what the fuck do I press. Because I-, I don't know, for some reason the UI or the design of the game wasn't telling me what button I needed to press. And I was so confused. She's just watching her brutally crushed by and this I, boulder over and over again. She brutally crushed and she, each time she gave this like cry out <laughs> and was crushed by the boulder and it was just oh god that it was it hurt <laughs> it, it's visceral i uh I, I did enjoy that game going back through it, like actually getting through it however there's this really jarring moment and i don't want to spoil too much for you since you're playing through it the first time have you gotten a gun yet have you had to kill anybody yet uh yeah i i'm towards the end okay ish of the game yeah so that transition where it's like it's so desperate it's more of a survival game than an action game in that first half and you finally get a pistol and it's such a brutal thing and so real like i really love the emotion because she finally had to kill a person and it was Mm -hmm. like crazy i was like whoa this is deep they went hard in this game but then right after that they give you like a grenade launcher and i'm blowing up trucks (laughs) and i've killed three thousand men i'm like oh wow did this take a turn like this is they know that there is no more emotion here. Now I am yeah. Bruce Willis in Die Hard Two, or sorry, <laughs> Die Hard Five, and I'm just mowing down people. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was strange. That was a strange transition for me, especially because they had built up such a cool emotional thing, and then they're like, "And now you kill bad guys." I'm like, oh, "I guess I kill bad guys now." Oh, that's cool. Uh, meanwhile, like you play something like Uncharted, and they. All of the characters, no matter which one you're playing, it's like a schlocky pulp action game. So they don't comment on the fact that they killed 7,000 pirates. That's just part of the game. But but Tomb Raider specifically was like, no, it's a big deal that she has to kill somebody. And mm. it is no longer a big deal when she has to kill 1,000 more. <laughs> you know, character development. <laughs> yeah, character development, right. You're now a sociopath. <laughs> You now have no problem murdering everybody on this island. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, I, I like those. Uh, the third one is 
has some good commentary, but they kind of backtrack on it. But I mentioned that like how problematic films like Uncharted or Indiana Jones or any of those were. You're you're rating. Rating is the correct word. Uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Rating is bad. You're taking these things. You're stealing. You're stealing people's culture. Like it belongs in the museum. No, it belongs where you found it. Is is the thing. And there's a lot of good commentary in the first part of that game where she's causing all these problems because she was just rifling through shit she didn't have a right to. Um, yeah. So like that's cool. It took two and a half games plus you know twenty years worth of other games to get to that point, but. Uh, and eventually they, they do uh, pay some attention to the fact that maybe you shouldn't be stealing these things as a white person. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> some dark commentary on Tomb Raider. All right. So normally what we do to finish up right in the fields is we play uh, 20 questions or we play the Kevin Bacon game. But we're not going to do that today because that's insane. I want to I wanna leave with two things one we'll get all of your plugs in for all the other stuff you're doing and the stuff that we're doing on the podcast network but also i want to hear what your weirdest thing is you mentioned kurtek give me one more weird nostalgic thing that you have uh growing up overseas away from uh this the mindless culture that is the u.s mm. i'm gonna have to think for a minute you take a minute that's okay uh, I'll just start reading off our sponsors. I'm not really going to do that in case you were, <laughs> I saw, I heard you pause. You're like, Oh, okay. I'll let him read off our sponsors. Yeah. I was like, wait, are you actually, or are you not? And then you didn't say anything. And I'm like, uh, got it. <laughs> Don't worry. Eventually you'll get used to the fact that I'm completely unhinged. Um, I actually have to think about this. I, I already have a bad memory to begin with. You would think that, unless it's like a core thing of my personality, what do I remember that's so distinctly? I mean, you already have a pretty eclectic list. Power Rangers, um, Tomb Raider, Buffy, Charmed, Baywatch, Kurtek. <laughs> that's the list I have here. Yeah. These are your core media memories. I mean, Pingu's there, but that's not really... Pingu's a strange one, but that is, like, people have... Uh, that's main, a... mainstream. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, you've never heard of Pengu? Um yeah. <laughs> Which is still kind of funny. Um, Alright, so instead, how about you give me the first video game that you got into? Because I'm, I'm imagining if Mom wasn't allowing you to watch a PG-13 movie, she wasn't letting you boot up that PlayStation and kill those bad guys. Mm. So we had a PlayStation One, of course. And I, I played a couple different games, um, but I think my favorite. So I played, you know, Space Jam was ooh, Space Jam, Space Jam was big. I love Space Jam. Uh, Monsters Inc. came on PlayStation One. Then there was like a hundred and. 101 Dalmatians was a great game, weirdly enough. A lot of those uh, PS1 Disney games were really fun. But I think my favorite of all was Crash Bandicoot. Way to go. Way to go. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, solid game. Hard as fuck, the first one, for no reason. Yeah. So unfair. And then Crash 2 came out, and they're like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can play this game. I can complete that. Uh, Crash 2 might be one of the first games I ever beat all the way through. 
I had to have my dad help me with the final final battle um in Crash Bandicoot because I I vaguely remember the final thing you had to do was you were in some sort of an arena and there were lions coming out of you coming out at you and then you had to keep jumping and something or other and it was so difficult and I was so annoyed because I'd almost beaten the game and then my dad helped me and he just tried a couple times and then he went through and I'm like I'll count that as me. That was my tell. <laughs> I got through the game. Listen, teamwork makes the dream work, number one. And number two, can I exactly. just say how jealous I am of you that your father knew how to hold a PS1 controller? Oh, my father was, yeah, my father was there um, with technology. He made me my first email. You know, we made my Hotmail together because obviously my first email was the Hotmail. Um, can I also just that... speak for all the other kids at home, too, when you just, who got jealous when you said my father was there? Um, yeah. Like, that was, that's that's a hard know, one, I've... too. Yeah. <laughs> he, my father's great, and he was there, um for most of the technology parts of my childhood and showing me action movies and things like that. So that's the real key of why you're better than all of us. Your mom didn't let you watch PG uh, 13 movies and your dad was there and taught you how to email. I get it. If you pull anything from this podcast, that's why uh, people overseas are better than you. That th- <laughs> Those are the two reasons. Because they have parents. Yeah. That's a big part for a lot are... of people. <laughs> <laughs> who are in their lives <laughs> you listen you'd be surprised how often that does that does change things uh <laughs> i mean i mean i know <laughs> well thank you so much Lissa, for dropping by and hitting the nostalgia button god it sounds so bad it sounds so bad uh i can't can't call it you that i think you would stop saying it i can't now so i can't now i put it down in my notes it's gonna be there and i'm gonna write it and people are gonna be like this is it's icky right it's icky when you say it they're gonna be like, "What the fuck, Terry?" <laughs> well, thank join you so the club, much, people. Join the club. Yeah, exactly. You have to work with me. Like they just have to listen sometimes. Um. So, uh, with that, where can people find you? Uh, so you should definitely follow and listen to the Slovenly Charles podcast. I handle the Instagram account. Um. So I will be there. And if you really must follow me on my personal, I have a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if you absolutely must um it's lissa bish uh lissa spelled l-y-s-s-a bish b-i-s-h and yeah and i will install that down in the comments as well um you can follow me at resident stevel on twitter and basically everything else on the internet ritf pod and can't be killed creations on basically everything else if you like this content you want more head on over to can't be killed you can find all of the slovenly trolls all of the right in the fields lots of other back catalog of other podcasts all of our comic book content as well as some of our new ones i have our first full-size comic book called growing up you can search that on all the places you buy digital comics. Uh, you find it really easily if you type in Growing Up Can't Be Killed Creations or Growing Up T.S. Luther. That's my pen name because Terry just doesn't Hello. look good on a cover. Uh, <laughs> I heard you giggle at that, you son of a bitch. 
how dare you? Um, and if you really want to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash creations. That keeps the lights on here, keeps Lissa, you know, traveling around the world as she is wont to do. Um, but it keeps all of our podcasts up and running. You can get early content, you can get extra content, you can get bonus content. Um, and also, we're going to be doing a fundraiser in April. And if you follow us over there on Patreon, you'll get some updates about that. We're going to be doing some live streaming and fundraising, get new stuff for you, get new stuff for us, maybe some new shows and shows and new content from the trolls. Maybe, I don't know. Depends on how maybe. much, uh, how we do, you know, you know, it's just, it's not free. Lissa's time is very expensive. I'm, I'm basically broke just getting her for this hour. I would just like to point out that I am not being paid for any of this. <laughs> this is of my own free time, my own money. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All lies. Uh, okay, well, this has been Right in the Fields, and we're out.